Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to today's episode where we're going to be talking about book marketing made easy. Now, I know some of you out there like just do not relate book marketing with the word ease. So I'm grateful that you're here listening and I have a feeling that today will really help open up your eyes. And for those of you who are like, well, I'm not really marketing the book yet because I haven't even written the book yet. Like I've stopped and I've started and I've tried, but it's not happening. Then please, 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 please make sure you head over to bookstrategysession.com if you need help with the writing and talk with a success coach on my team and see how we might be able to support you through our proven process to help you get that book written so that everything you're about to hear today around the marketing of that book, like it makes sense. It's real because the book is happening. You're writing it. You know, it's going to make it out in the world, Um, but you can't market a book that's not written. And we are here to help you do that. So again, you can just go to bookstrategysession.com to schedule a complimentary um, consultation with one of our author success coaches to help you get the writing done. Um, Because today, as I said, we are talking about book marketing made easy. And I have with me Karen Whiting. Um, She is an author who writes to really help families thrive. Um, Her spring release was called Growing a Mother's Heart, really encourages moms to overcome struggle and rejoice in the joys of motherhood. She is also a certified writing and marketing coach and international speaker, a former television host, and award-winning author of 27 books for women, children, military, and families. She has also sold more than 800 articles um, to more than 60 periodicals, and she is also a marketing columnist for the Right Conversation blog and a writer for Crosswalk.com. Now, Karen is all about helping clients overcome obstacles, develop a personalized marketing plan, and maximize their strengths both in writing and marketing. She really helps people focus on what's saleable and improve their writing abilities. She is a mom of five. Two of them are actually rocket scientists (laughs) and a grandmother. And she enjoys adventures like camel riding in the Canary Islands, whitewater rafting in Australia, and scuba diving off Bermuda's coast. And today she's going to reveal to you how she does her marketing in a way that helps her keep everything organized, on track and easily able to see what's happening with all of her multiple projects that she has out in the world um, when it comes to her books. So welcome, Karen. I'm so excited you're here. Well, thanks for having me, Christine. I'm very happy to be here too. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a really good conversation because I don't know, I mean, for those of you whose books are being written and almost done or maybe published, you know that you write the book once and you'll market it forever. And for those of you who aren't yet writing again, just grab a strategy session with my team and we'll help you, we'll help you get that done. Um, but where I love to start all of my episodes is with the, the question around how did you get into authorship? Like, what was that path like? I mean, 27 books, 
That's yeah. a lot of books. So how, how'd you get there? Yes. Plus a new book this week. Well, it really began with my thanks. It began with my children and I did not plan this. I am a mathematician. So writing was not my forte in school, of course, but people would see what I did with my children, connections I made with them, with God, how I would really observe them and know what was best for them, for their personality or other things and react. And they would say, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. So I thought, well, okay, I'll write one book and I'm out of here. But that of course didn't happen. I wrote a book and you know, my first contract, actually, I started writing some articles, uh, was with Simon and Schuster, and it went on from there. So I just keep on writing. It's been amazing. And I have found that really family is the heart of what I like to talk about, what I like to write about. And I know there's a lot of brokenness out there where people don't see what a traditional family is like, what a functional family is like, and how we work. And so that's at the heart of what I write also. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. That is certainly a lot of books that you have out there. So um, the topic that we're talking today is about book marketing made easy. Now you said you were a mathematician and you took up writing because of your passion for families and people suggesting like, oh my gosh, like people really need this. Why don't you write a book? Um, but like, it doesn't sound like you had a degree in marketing it doesn't sound like that was, you know, your natural gift and talent to get out there and promote these books. It was, you know, math and certainly writing, obviously 27 books later is a talent. Um, so how did you first um, kind of look at the whole marketing part of the book writing process? Well, the interesting thing is as my first book came out, which was on puppetry and I had a big puppet team, a television series landed in my lap. Someone else from an organization I was in was supposed to host it. And they backed out because they got their own personal show. And everyone looked and said, well, you could do it, Karen. And so I thought, well, let me try. And my publisher, in fact, had to rush a cover for me to hold up on the show to say, see, I'm an author, even though it wasn't yet released. <laughs> <laughs> so I became an author for educational television in Miami, which is a big city. And so the producer said, you know, we never rerun any show, never. And I never did a show for them that they didn't rerun at least three times. So it went well, to say the least, partly because I noticed most of their shows were talking shows and with puppets, it's not heads talking. It's actually lots of little things going on of holding up puppets and showing how to do things that I could plan these shows. And that, uh, you know, made my publisher, of course, very happy from there. I realized I had a knack to be on media and I could get myself on other media. And I, I did actually have to hire a publicist at one point to get me on television to get some good B-rolls for being a host of a, a guest of a show. And that launched me into being able to do television as a guest spot too. And I really began my marketing more there. Then of course the blogs and the social media and everything came along as I continued to write and I had to learn to master those things and balance it all. Mm -hmm. it, it, it can be a lot to balance. And unfortunately, I think a lot of, you know, authors who, come in just thinking it's about, you know, writing the book and, you know, it's all about just the writing and they, they overlook how important the marketing is. Sometimes I think that they just freeze like deer in the headlights. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. There's so many things I could be doing. It's all overwhelming. Forget it. Like I wrote my book. It's up on Amazon. If someone finds it great. And if they don't, you know, then I, 
I, I just don't know what to do. So you have a unique method and I love it. I think this is probably your mathematician mind of really like laying out these spreadsheets to help you manage all the marketing. So the marketing is easy and it's not overwhelming and you can track what's happening. Would you talk a little bit about how you develop this spreadsheet method and tell us a little bit about what it is and how our listeners might be able to create one for themselves? Yes. You know, it went from not being able to do a table of contents and outline a book. So I was able to first, uh, way back, I was able to just uh, use some of your computer uh, methods of the way you would lay out doing software and writing that to putting it into spreadsheets because I loved them and thought, okay, so I could lay out my book in a spreadsheet and from there figure out the table of contents to realizing, you know what, I could harness this power in marketing. And I can, because there's all these things you can do, as you said, social media, podcasts, radio, television, launch team. And I could have a section on that spreadsheet for the launch team, say a section for the podcast where I'm those where I have the rows that are going to be the podcast part and you could do separate spreadsheets, but I like everything in one place if I can. And I will have columns for the source. Where did I get the connection for this one? The status is it pending? Is it already scheduled? Is it already up? And I have a link to it now. The time I will be on, any feedback I get from it, the what is the name of that show? What would I pitch to be on that show? Who's the contact person, the email? All of that information is in different columns for me. So I can do anything from pitching to sending a thank you note afterwards. And that makes it so much easier for me to do. And I'll have everything. So uh, say even on the launch team where I started, I don't always start big. You know, I start with like- Back up for just a moment. Okay. Because we have some people who are newer um, to this Mm -hmm. whole book world And I've heard you speak a little bit about launch team, launch team, launch team. Can you just kind of do a a little bit of a deep dive or at least unpacking what that is so that everyone that's on the same page and can get, receive what you're going to say next, because they're not uh, spending time trying to figure out what is, what exactly did you mean by launch team? And I know what you're talking about, but all, all of our listeners don't. Some people call it a street team, but it's a group of people, core people that will hopefully spread the word about the book as soon as it comes out. Some people start that before it comes out. I like to about have the book in hand and do your initial reviews on all the places you want reviews put up. So they're going to be there doing that. And usually you have incentives. Some people give them a copy of the book or a PDF of the book. Some people give a copy of a different book and try to get them to be some initial buyers as well as reviewers. And you try to share your passion about the book with them so they will continue it on. And as I said, I don't start with a lot of people, but in my spreadsheet, I will name who the people are, their contact information, and put up what they do do. So maybe the next time I have a launch team, I'll think, well, this was a great person. Let me have them up. One thing I do on just that alone is say, okay, if you're on my launch team and you invite someone else, it's not your responsibility to make them come in, but if you invite them and I can contact them to entice them to come in, I will give you an incentive. So for uh, this one, one of the incentives is you can get a copy of my time management book. Uh, A lot of people may want that. And I know it's moms who are going to be my audience. And Mm -hmm. I had 
my younger daughter invited someone in. That person listened to my Facebook Live on Tuesday, got so excited, she invited 30 people, 10 of whom have already joined. They've joined the launch team for the next book. Yes, and for this current book, they joined this launch team and they may join the next one, but that is how I grow my launch team. I start with a core group and just give them an incentive. You get someone else to, you invite someone else and you will get this incentive and my launch team grows that way. And I can normally within a week, double the launch team and then keep it growing. And from there, I, I watch again, who's really doing a lot of things because I really want to invite them to be on that core part of the next launch team. And because I have a spreadsheet, I can put in under columns. Did they do a review? Have they commented? Did they invite someone else? And so I see, have they been active and do they really help make my launch team do well? Beautiful. And like, when you say, you know, you start sort of with a small launch team, just curious, you know, how many people do you typically have for your launch team? Who's going to, you know, and again, these are the people who are saying, yes, I want to support you. When your book comes out, I'm going to share it with my community, whether that's through their social, through an email, you know, sending texts to, you know, very specific friends. And there's a lot of different ways that people can support when they're on a launch team, but like, come and just you know, is it five or is it 50 or is it 150? I try to start with 10 to 20 and I usually end up with at least 40. And that's just a good way for me to do that because it takes a little time just to get those people to say, yeah, I've got the time I can do it. I'll be on. And as I said, an incentive really gets that growing. And they find the people that they think, oh, this book would be so good. You know, because you get a book and you think this would be so good for so-and-so. Well, at this point, they can say this would be so good for so-and-so. I'll just invite her to the launch team. I don't have to say anything else about the book then. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then you get more and more people who are interested in the topic and have communities who would benefit from the book. So it's brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. So now I forget exactly where we were before we needed to define launch team. Do you remember where we were? Well, I had just mentioned, you know, if I use podcasts, what I did on that Mm -hmm. section of the website, uh, you know, the spreadsheet. And that's where I also, there's a couple little things that are key there too. If I'm on that podcast, and of course I've watched the podcast, I've pitched and now I'm on it. I might afterwards ask that host if they have a recommendation for any other podcast I should be on, or I might see who else that podcast interacts with as far as other podcasts, because again, you want to grow each database, whether it's podcast, radio, television, you know, that's how I went from my first two guest spots on TV to having four regular stations I'm on and a dozen that I'm on at different times because you do want to grow those opportunities and where I grew to over a hundred radio stations that I've been on. That is phenomenal. Cause I mean, as you're talking and I don't know if any of you listening are feeling this, but as you're talking, like I'm just very keenly aware of how many different things you're tracking. So on this spreadsheet that you have, right? Because I'm, I'm actually, I was just all over my Google Drive this morning and looking at some of the sheets, the spreadsheets that we have to help us manage some different things over here. And there, I like, I have my main spreadsheet and then I have all of the tabs, right? Like all the different sheets on the bottom. Do you do the sheets on the bottom, the various sheets to keep track of different projects? Like what's the nitty gritty of how you set up this spreadsheet for tracking? Yeah, I sometimes do because you can set up a sheet 
or a section if you don't have a big sheet of information. So one sheet may be your podcast, another your radio, another may be social media. And what I do within the social media there is I may be putting up what are the topics that I'm going to be posting about and a little bit as to which topics were the bigger hits that had more comments or engagement for them. And that way I can pull up each thing that I, as I want to. The, the, the other beauty of that is say I'm on podcast and even this morning someone said, can you give me links to three podcasts you've been on so that I can decide if I want you on? I can go back to that podcast sheet and it already has the link because after I was on it, I put that link right there into the spreadsheet of where I was on and uh, when it was. And I can just take those links and put them up on my social media or on my website, wherever I wanna put it for people to be able to click through and listen. And is this the sort of thing as you're talking, I'm just realizing that it's probably best to start this spreadsheet even when maybe you only have one or two things on it. It almost feels like if you don't start keeping a spreadsheet to keep track of the marketing that you are doing, the podcast that you have been on, if that's one of the strategies you're going to use, you know, the launch team members, even if it's just the first person, you know, to put it together because it feels like it could snowball pretty quickly and just feel like it's too much to try to put together. Do you recommend that people start like with the very first marketing activity, the very first marketing strategy that they actually start tracking it like immediately. Yes, I do. Because whether they're speaking at their own church, they should put that on. So they remember when they spoke and who was the MC, because that MC might recommend them to someone else who may be a relative in a different town that MC has that might want to have you speak. Anything can be a connection for a future opportunity to market. And that's what you have to remember. So you've got to have the data in one place to think, all right, I've got time today. Maybe I can go here or find something. Or maybe you've had a friend who writes a book similar to yours. So they write for parents like I do, or they write for uh, writers like some, like, you know, you work with writers uh, and you might want to be saying, where were they? I've listened to them. Could I get on that show and just put that down as a goal and say, this is who was on there. If you know that person well enough, you can say, can you give me a referral? Can you help tell me something more about the show that would help me pitch for it better? And so if you start putting these things down, not just the podcast that you, where you have a connection, but ones where you would like to be and who's been on it that might help you understand the pitch that you need, all of those things help you grow all of it. I still have podcasts on that I haven't been on, but there's no reason why I can't at some point pitch or all of a sudden I might think, oh, you know, I wasn't a great fit for that show that time, but this book is a better fit for them. So let me see what I can do with that. Where, you know, say I didn't get on stirring faith that my, uh, this person Sherry has, but I think engaging in prayer is even better than growing a mother's heart because it's really straight into faith. Maybe she'll have me on this time. And that's why I'll have those on and have the name of the show and an idea of what it's about. So every, I mean, it really just seems like it's a matter of someone, and I don't know if it took you time to really establish this as a habit. I think your mathematician mind just sort of works <laughs> like this in this very organized, like fashion. Um, but what, like, how, how do you suggest that someone really establish this habit? Because as I'm hearing you talk, I'm realizing it's like, wow, probably would have been a really good idea for me to have done a little bit more of this. Um, Cause there, I mean, there's so many places I've talked so many interviews that I've done over the past, like 
two decades, if not more. And I haven't tracked it nearly as well as I should have tracked it. I feel like this afternoon, after we're done with that, recording the show, maybe I'm just going to go put together a spreadsheet and uh, mark some <laughs> of the things I have going on right now. And, you know, there's no time like today to get started with something, but how, like, what was it like for you to develop the habit of really making sure that any marketing idea kind of got tracked in here? And how would you recommend that our listeners, you know, really go about establishing this consistent, you know, habit of, you know, maybe they're reading a magazine and they're like, wow, I'd love to have an article in this magazine or you know, maybe they're reading a blog and they're thinking, man, I'd love to be a guest blogger that all of that is tracked. So it doesn't, it doesn't go off into never, never land, never to be retrieved again. Like, how do you suggest that someone do that? Establish the right. habit. Well, let me back up. Yeah. Let me just back up and say that, you know, a lot of good things come from failure. And when I was early on and a publicist that my publisher hired, got me some radio shows and I actually slept through waking up to be on one that I had to be on early. Oops. And I thought, I can never do this again. I cannot miss. I apologize to everybody. They rescheduled me, which was wonderful. And I thought, I have got to track this so that I won't do anything like that. And I will make sure that I put it in my calendar with alerts. So I started a spreadsheet to be able to do just that. And then I started thinking, you know, my spreadsheet doesn't have a lot of where I've been, but I can add where I want to be. And I do have a section that's for articles and magazines that I've been in, including I can remember one of the ones I so wanted to be on uh, in an article in. And when I'd sent it one or two things, it, it was rejected. So I watched them and all of a sudden they went from a large size to a smaller size. And I thought, oh, just think they can't use those thousand word articles. They have to have all 500 word articles let, which means everything they have filed is useless right now, unless they can do two parts. I'm going to send in something that's only 500 words and it landed. I got a contract within a month for that article. So sometimes it's having those dream things added on that sheet and looking at your sheet you know, every week or two, just to see what's there, what can I be doing now? And what, um, you know, where am I at in the status of getting to these dream uh, opportunities? Beautiful. Well said. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I have a couple more questions I want to ask you, but one of them is just to speak a little about, about Karen put together a great resource for you um, today with uh it's kind of like outlines a marketing timeline. So you can go over to our show notes and you can grab a copy of that timeline there, but would you just give kind of like the quick skinny lowdown of what that timeline actually is and how it was going to help our listeners? Right. Yeah. People, you know, always want to think about what should I be doing and when should I be doing it? And of course you can always start anything at any time, you know, with radio or media, you want to be on, you can start a database. You can go to your local stations and meet people. And if they have a telethon, you can certainly get to meet them. But what's really great is to be able to all of a sudden say, yes, this tells me what I should be doing and when I should be doing it, that they're telling me, uh, you know, six months out, what should I be doing now? All the way to afterwards, what do I keep on doing? And that, you know, to me, 
is something that really helps. Of course, we have to modify, but you know, four to six months, I have a couple dozen things on there, preparing your bio, writing the book description, planning the release events, uh, you know, the zero to four weeks before the date, sending the release notice out that you've already written, uh, finalize uh, and print press materials of your own, uh, create your YouTube book trailer if you're going to do that yourself. Although right now, I say zero to four weeks before the release. I find what I like to do is a Facebook Live when I have the book in hand to open up the box in front of my audience and show it. And I'll get hundreds of people watching that usually and then put it on YouTube. So you can certainly modify these to fit your own personality, your own style and what you would like to do. And you know, what do you do once you have the release copies? What do you do on that release date and after the release? All of these things come into play, and it's just a, a simple uh, page to give you uh, an outline and a basic starting point of what to do. Beautiful. Thank you. And again, that is available over in the show notes for you to go and grab a copy. So I encourage you to do that. Um, just give you some idea, especially, I mean, if you're just, it, it, I honestly feel like it doesn't matter what stage you're at, even though you have a lot of things in there for like the four to six months out phase it's still really important, even if you've already published your book, to go back and see, because there might be an idea like, I never thought of doing that, that you can do, and you can put on your marketing spreadsheet. So um, thank you so much, Karen. This has been super helpful. I always love to wrap my episodes by asking you what the one most important thing is that you want our listeners to walk away with from today's episode. I would say to be a little bit organized. <laughs> you or a know, lot, so that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least start so that you don't forget things and miss an opportunity, like missing being on the radio when you were supposed to be the guest, things like that. And to make sure you have all the information every time. I'm glad that beyond my spreadsheet, if I have an upcoming radio show, I've usually put the link and contact information on my calendar. Uh, my digital calendar. So when I ended up in the hospital in the spring with pneumonia, I was able to pull up that date on my, because all I had with me was my phone and get hold of that radio station and say, I can't be on, I am in the hospital. And they were able to take care of it. Mm. Brilliant. So be organized. Now is the best time to start. I'm going <laughs> to yes. add that piece to it as well. And I'm kind of talking to myself there a little bit. Um, planning on having my spreadsheet done by the end of the day. <laughs> oh my word, Karen, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your wisdom, for the great resource you provided for everyone. And um, of course, remember for those of you who have not yet written the book and you can't do any of the marketing stuff yet, um, just like I said, my team is here to chat with you at bookstrategysession.com. So please do take advantage of that because we're here to help you get your book done so that you can have the spreadsheet and be on TV shows and radio shows and podcasts and having your articles appear in these amazing blogs and all sorts of amazing, wonderful things. So Karen, just thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. This was really fun. Thanks for having me on. I appreciated being able to talk to your listeners. Yeah, my pleasure. And speaking of listeners, I want to thank you too for being here, for being the kind of author, the kind of person who knows that you've got this message to share and you are here listening, engaging in the process of helping you get your transformational book out into the world. So thank you for being here. And until next time, write powerfully. Bye everyone.
Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.